Hi, this is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo in the Howling, and you're listening to The Horror Squad. Squad podcast. This is episode number 240. Tonight we're breaking down the top 10 of the 80s. I'm your co-host Todd. We have Steve and Joseph's back. Joey, what's up, buddy? I'm excited to be back. It's uh feels like it's been forever. It's only been two episodes, but uh yeah, I'm excited, super excited, you know, for the 80s episode. I love these best of the decades episodes. Um, they're just they're just so much fun. And I, I'm definitely going to talk about Nope next week on my What Watch because like I have a lot to say about that movie and I'm bummed I missed that episode. But um, I talked a lot about it in the spoilers on the Discord channel, so you can check out some of my thoughts on there. But uh, yeah. Very cool. Glad to have you back. And I was going to ask you Nope, but I guess we'll wait till next week. Yeah, I'll wait. Sweet. We got a lot to talk about. It's a big, big episode. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. What, what about you, Todd? How, how are things over there? in texas uh things are well hanging out with asa raining blood this weekend we're gonna do a movie night i'm bringing fright night because he's never seen it which is shameful and uh i don't think i don't know what he's he's getting but we're gonna meet at his house have a little movies eat some mexican food this will be fun and then uh let's see on f- sunday night i was uh singing a classic britney spears song oops i did it again and i uh, started walking down the stairs and this is no lie how it went down I went, oops, I did it again. Oh, fuck. And I fell because I slipped on the step right on, like, perfect on my left ass cheek. And I have, like, a softball size, pure black bruise. And I thought I fucking broke my tailbone. I was, like, laying on the steps fucking and, like, uh. So, yeah, Britney Spears, she, like, did a telepathic push and I fell. And it's Britney, bitch. So that happens. <laughs> You were dancing pretty hard. I, probably, I guess I, I must have been, but yeah, Brittany got me. <laughs> She'll do that to you. Yep. Her songs are catchy as hell. If you're, uh, yeah, if you grew up in the '90s, man, that was uh, that's some catchy stuff right there. Yeah, I remember watching her videos on uh, TRL, Carson Daly. Classic for every growing boy's needs. <laughs> yeah, what are you safe? Ah, same old stuff. Uh, a lot of professional stuff that I can't talk about, but things are going uh, pretty well. So I'm happy with all that. Uh, really excited about this episode. You know, I love doing uh, all these list episodes, you know, whether it's the decade in the summer or the year in, um, you know, the first episode of January, usually. Uh, super psyched about it. I did a lot of research for this one. I watched a hell of a lot of 80s movies in preparation. Most of the stuff I'd seen before, but a few that I hadn't seen. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about the list and see what people have chosen on their lists. And yeah, so let's let's get right into it. I'm ready. I'm ready, baby. You got your handwritten Excel sheet. I do. Thing. I do. I do. Right here. I wish right you would here, use baby. Excel, buddy. Right <laughs> That's funny. How how are we doing? I forget how we did. So every every movie and system right there, baby. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Took took me about three hours, but I'm ready. Oh boy, God! Um, You got to get you on Google Docs or Google Sheets or whatever, and just let you go. (laughs) Uh, I actually listened to the '90s episode just so I could refresh myself what how what our format is. So the way we did it is we each went with our three 
honorable mentions and round robin style. And then we just went, you know, 10 to one round robin. So Sounds Bobby, good. you, you want to start with uh, your three, well, I guess the, your first of three my, honorable my, mentions. My, my number 13. Okay. So just my list though, it's, um, this is tough. I, it, it was hard and it wasn't hard at the same time. Cause like I, there's some movies that you love, right. That we're all going to talk about at some point, but like the structure of them would shift like based on my mood. So I think looking at my list, it's going to be overall replay value. Like how many times I can watch it, laugh at it, be scared by it, whatever it is. So that's a little bit of context for my list. And we'll get into it a little bit more lately or later, but my first runner up is 1987's predator. And the reason is because I think it leans a little bit too much into action sci-fi. Granted, there's a ton of horror in there, and I fucking love Predator. I love it. Highly quotable. Kills are amazing. Arnold Schwarzenegger, come on. It's like a macho. It's the macho man's of the 80s, those movies, right? So Predator is amazing. I just felt that it didn't have enough strict horror in it to make the list, but it could easily be number, someone's number one, and I wouldn't argue with it, too, at the same time. So Predator in it number, honorable mention number one. Yeah, and just to note, speaking of Predator, uh, Prey just came out on Hulu a couple of weeks ago, and we covered it on the Let's XP Geek and Gaming podcast, and that episode is now out. So if you'd like to listen to me, Todd, and Mondo, a friend of ours, thoughts on Prey, check it out. It's, it's a uh, great one. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually really good. So, spoiler alert, it's very Did good. Did you watch that yet, Joe? I haven't. I, 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 like I have not. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited. I, I haven't heard like one bad thing about it. So I, everyone seems to be loving it. So I'm definitely going to check it out. I've, I've heard it, it, you know, it, I guess I've put off on it just because I heard it's not going to like make a horror, like the horror list at the end of the year. I don't know how you guys feel about that or not, but I heard it kind of leads more on the action sci-fi rather than horror. So I don't know. You guys agree with that or not? Or if it's, it's gonna make it's, your it's pretty horror, horror, I think. Pretty horror. Uh, All right. Th- there's a lot of kills. There's a lot of gore. I guess it depends. Like, yeah, yeah. I, Is it, it your top ten like horror for the year? I, I put it there because I think I, I also you know considered Predator for my list, so I guess it falls kind of in the same thing. So, but I think this one's actually in, in a way scarier than the original Predator. You know, so yeah, I, I'd put it in my consideration for the year. Yeah, and I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite right now, but I would as well. Okay. But also because the year's weak. I mean, when you put it up to the '80s, there's like a ton of like straight only horror movies in there. But like, yeah, this year's kind of right. sh- shitty so far. So it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. Well, I will say, Todd. We had, uh, by the way, I mean, we're gonna get into our master list later, but we had our biggest master list ever this year with 28 total lists were submitted. So thank you so much to everyone that did submit. Um, and I will say, Todd, your honorable mention, Predator, was on four of the 28 master lists nice. this year. Um, so my first honorable mention is Child's Play. I mean, come on, it's Chucky, classic. I mean, spawned an entire franchise. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a, cl- a classic. The, the killer doll and just the voice of Brad Dourif. And it, it's just a really just like crazy like the first one is like straight horror too like there's not much comedy to be had in it i mean maybe a little bit i mean this this franchise obviously as it progressed got kind of more silly as it went but the the first one is actually still holds up to be uh quite scary and the practical effects of chucky look amazing in it so for my three or the first of my three so these are all movies that at some point were considered to be on my top 10 uh, and at some point we're on my top 10, but for re- one reason or another, they got pushed out either with you know, at the last minute or within the last few weeks. 
Um, the first one is uh, The Changeling. So we reviewed this movie two years ago for my birthday, I believe. Oh, no, it was for our 100th episode. We each picked a movie. And uh, The Changeling was my pick for the for that movie. It's a ghost film. I love ghost films. I think it's one of the best ghost films. And, you know, it's just one of those things where I have big nostalgia for it because there aren't a ton of great ghost films and stuff. So for a long time, it would have been in my top 10. But I think the last, like, six, seven years have really given us some amazing ghost films, you know, with the Conjuring series and Insidious and stuff like that. So I feel like the Changeling's impact has lessened over time because in comparison to these more modern ghost films, it's not as scary anymore and stuff like that. So I think it kind of bumped down a little bit on my list, but I still have huge nostalgia for it. I still really love it. I still urge people to at least check it out, especially if you like ghost films. So it's an honorable mention this year. So The Changeling. Alrighty, next up is another, it's a little bit too sci-fi action for a strict horror list, and that's Aliens 1986. Aliens is one of my favorite movies of all time, period. It's fantastic. Scorny Weaver is Ripley, is one of the best heroines of all time. Forget just heroines, man. Best hero of all time, period. Guys and girls combined. Love it. So yeah, a lot of love for it. It's got a great cast. It's got a great villain. It's got the queen. Come on. So Aliens in there. Honorable mention number two. And same thing with Predator. If someone had this at number one, I would not argue with them either. Just for my personal taste, a little bit leans towards sci-fi a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm... Um... I agree with you, Todd, because like I did not either. I didn't consider Predator or Aliens either for my list, but I agree. I think Aliens is one of the the greatest movies of the of the '80s. I just didn't feel like it was horror enough for me personally, but I don't blame anyone that put it on their list because there's definitely a lot of horror elements in it. Um, all right, my next honorable mention is Stuart Gordon's reanimator what can you say about it i mean just a classic of the 80s uh jeffrey combs as herbert west is just amazing and all the practical effects rule you got the uh, the green fucking you know agent or whatever you want to call it it's just like iconic right like you see you know exactly what it is still to this day and Stuart Gordon's best movie in my opinion I mean we had that Stuart Gordon retrospective we watched like every Stuart Gordon movie ever and uh I think it was his best and that's why it makes an honorable mention that's a good choice Joe so good of a choice that I was also (laughs) my second honorable mention uh reanimator I think what uh, well everything Joe said is you know I feel the same way uh, I think what ultimately got it off my list is I don't have huge nostalgia for it because I only discovered it like pretty late, like mo- only a few years before I started the podcast. And then when we did Stuart Gordon, I revisited the whole series and I do really like this movie. I think it's great. There are a lot of great things about it, but without that nostalgia factor, I think maybe that's why I pushed it out, but it would have easily could have been in my top 10 as well. If you had asked me tomorrow or in three days, uh, there's a lot to love about it. So that's uh, my pick as well. Yeah, and I'm sure my, our, my list is the same as yours, where these movies that are, like, you know, sitting at number 13, 14, 15 are still four and a half on Letterboxd. Like, it's not, like, it's like, oh, three and a half. No, these are still amazing movies. It's just, it is just so stacked. It's hard. Come my last honorable mention, honorable mention, excuse me, is 1982's The Thing, which four and a half out of five, man. I still love it. It's great. But I, it's not one that I could sit and watch, like, I, I need years in between to watch it because I think the pacing is a little off at times. But, I mean, practical effects are amazing. The stuff between Childs and McGrady at the end, the, the question mark still, who who's possessed, or not who's possessed, who's um, infected. It's just good. It's great. Great cast, uh, great setting in the Antarctic. I mean, you can't get any better than that. So the thing, 
great movie. Just uh, narrowly missed out on the top ten. Very nice. Uh, all right, my last honorable mention is one of the greatest horror comedy slash zombie movies of all time, and that is Return of the Living Dead. Tarman is one of the best zombies I think ever put to screen. Uh, just such a great character there. And, I mean, the the zomb- the female zombie, like, on the gurney there or whatever, just telling how, like, she's just, like, in pure pain and stuff like that. It's just, like... It hurts an- to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just such, like, an unforgettable and iconic scene. And, you know, you got just a great cast. Linnea Quigley just dancing in the cemetery naked is just, once again, one of the, the most amazing scenes ever. Uh, there's just so many memorable and amazing scenes in that movie and honestly like it was so close to making my top 10 it kept teetering on and off like several times but um, uh, it just barely misses out on making my top 10 so my final honorable mention is one that was on my list for a long time and only really when i decided to send it out that i push it out like just at 11 essentially and that's a creep show i have a lot of nostalgia for creep show I watched it a lot growing up. I had it on VHS. I had it on DVD. I have it on Blu-ray now. Uh, I just really always enjoyed watching it. It's an easy watch for me. It's one that I could put on really at any time and be entertained. Uh, The problem with Creepshow is that I don't love all of the segments. You know, I love the Father's Day segment. I love the segment with uh, Ted Danza and, uh, you know, Leslie Nielsen, stuff like that. The, The Jody segment with Stephen King is okay. It's not great. The crate is is okay, and the uh, the bugs one is okay. But I guess because I don't love all the segments, I decided that maybe it should be off. If I had loved all the segments, or at least one more segment, which I thought was brilliant, it would have been on. So I uh, still love the movie, and that's Creepshow. Hot take. I think Creepshow 2 is the better movie, actually. So. I, I don't personally. No, but... the minority. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd agree with that one, because I Chief Winning Head, right? Stope. Yeah, raft is dope. Had in the raft, yeah. yeah. And the hitchhiker is. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think. I just didn't like the roach one in Creepshow Part 1. Yeah, yeah. and Jordy Barrel is like, I didn't, Joy, I didn't love the Jordy Barrel one. It's like either. Robert Englund, he's not a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we, and, we, and Joe and I saw The Field where that was filmed <laughs> this year. So, super randomly. <laughs> they just drove oh, by. Really? Like, yeah, that, that's the field yeah. where the Jody Barrel thing was filmed. Need, let me get some dirt. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's just one of those things, I guess. And, you know, I to this day, I've never seen Creepshow 3. I, I just can't find it anywhere. Neither have I. So. And I heard it's not worth it. <laughs> I found a DVD I, of it at a swap meet one time for a buck, and I bought it and then ended up throwing it away without watching it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the top the 10 1980s? The list. Is Are we going to do the, the people's first or ours? Round Robin again? ours first. Yeah, we'll do, yeah. All right. Coming in at number 10 for me is one of Joe's honorable mentions, and that's Child's Play from 1988. Brad Dorif, man, like, his voice. I'm. We're going to have a lot of iconic stuff in this list. Icon, icons. He's one of them. Andy Barclay is amazing. It's just fucking, it's good, man. Uh, you got the cop, I forget who who plays him. Fucking Jerry from Fright Night, he's in there. It's just... Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon, there you go. It's just a fun movie. And it created Chucky, who's like one of the... It, there's there's icons, right? There's, you know, Jason, Freddie, Mike, Fr- you know, and Chucky. So, Child's Play's awesome. And it's my number 10. Well, my number 10 also brings us a horror icon. And 
Todd, I know you might not be happy with this, but my number 10 is Hellraiser. Uh, you know, Pinhead. <laughs> Pin, I, I mean, you know, say what you will, but uh, Pinhead is just an absolute horror icon. And I don't love the Hellraiser franchise, but I really do love part one. You know, the whole Frank storyline is just so, like, creepy and just his makeup is awesome and then when you finally do get the Cenobites at the end I mean Ashley Lawrence puts out on a great performance here too but when you get to the the Cenobites they're fucking awesome when you see them I mean all four of them are just amazing and they spawned a franchise that became iconic in the entire 80s so that's why it makes my number 10. Awesome just before I start my list I kept my annual rule that I'm only putting on one per franchise so when I talk about that movie, not, not right now, but at some point I had to pick between two movies. There's a, like three of them on this list where I could have put two of them on and I decided not to. But uh, this one actually is going to come as my first big surprise of my list, because a few weeks ago when we were trying to decide, trying to guess what would all be our number ones, I think people thought this would be my number one. And here it is at number 10. And that's uh, George Romero's Day of the Dead. So I love George Romero's films. I mean, it's no secret for people listen to the podcast, uh, but I think Day of the Dead is, uh, you know, in a way, one of the weakest ones of the the, the original trilogy, you know? Uh, Night is iconic. Dawn's my favorite. I actually just watched Day of the Dead to kind of confirm these thoughts. When it's good, it's amazing. Like when the zombies are attacking, it's amazing. And the stuff with Bub is really great. But there's a large portion of that movie where they're just arguing with each other, you know, the military and the scientists. And that doesn't really appeal to me all that much. Like people just arguing and arguing and arguing for what seems like forever. So there's a big pacing issue in Day of the Dead. Now, the last 20 minutes are some of my favorite 20 minutes in, in film, but the everything that comes before it, it's kind of slow. You know, it's kind of like just people arguing. So that's why it's so low on my list. But I had to include it somewhere on my list because of my love for Romero. So day of the dead at number 10. Yeah. I, I hear you with that one. Um, all right. Number nine for me is 1980s maniac. This is probably the dirtiest movie on my list. Like they're most, like, it's just fucking gross. Like he's like in the undertaker. He, he's just, uh, he's so greasy. <laughs> he's naturally yeah, greasy. He's just, he's the original greasy strangler for yeah. sure. It's just good. It's fucking legit. The remake's good too, but obviously we're not talking about that. But the original one is just like the uh, performances are great. Like New York City is just like so fucking grimy. His performance is just fucking gross. The kills are amazing. And uh, there you go. So I just want to give him the respect he deserves. Joe Spinell is just amazing in it. So yeah, Maniac comes in my number nine. Very nice. Uh, my number nine is the classic pet cemetery which you were also doing in the book club this yeah. month so stick i started around i that. started it too yeah nice i yeah i started the audiobook me too so i did the I same one michael michael c hall are you doing the michael c hall one yeah he's yeah, good nice very nice yeah he is he's a he's a great narrator um uh, but to the movie pet cemetery um this one definitely plays hugely on the nostalgia for me because i watched it at like a very young age and it like absolutely terrified me zelda is one of the most terrifying things like i had ever seen put to screen at the time i used to have nightmares about her when i was a child i still think she is terrifying uh to this day uh just so many memorable scenes obviously the gauge being hit by the truck like iconic scene and just affected so many people in the 80s uh, even my mother like my mother just still to this day talks about how disturbing that was for her seeing it yeah, I mean, it's just like so memorable and iconic and 
it, when me and Steve went to the Stephen King tour, I I went up and saw you know the house and uh, Judd's house across the street, and it was just such a cool experience. And yeah, I mean, I I, I just I love that movie. I, I I know that you know I guess it does have like problems and stuff like that, but to me, like it, I it I, I just love it. Real quick, do those locations still look pretty similar? Yeah, the house looks identical, Sweet. like the the Crandall house. That's their names, right? Crandall, I believe. Or is it? So, something like that. <laughs> no, that's Judd, right? Is Judd Crandall? Is Judd yeah, Crandall that's right. Oh, Creed. The Creed house. Creed, yeah. The Lewis, yeah, Lewis. The Creed house looks identical. Uh, Judd's house looks doesn't look anything like it did. Because I, I, from what I had read, they built his house in front of like the original house. So his doesn't look the same, but the Creed house fucking like identical. The fields there, that gauge runs into the street and everything. So it's it's that honestly, it's worth like going to see if you're in the area for sure. Cool. So my number nine was one of Joe's, I believe, honorable mentions, and that's Return of the Living Dead. Um, another classic. Absolutely love it for all the same reasons Joe said. For those who don't know, I build a Lemax like spooky town village every year. And when I first started, I decided to put this movie on in the background to build my uh, my town, and then it would sit down and watch the rest of it. And that's just become an annual tradition for me. So I watch it every single year when I build my Lee Max town because it's an easy movie for me to watch. You know, even when I was a kid, I, a very memorable movie for me when I was a kid, and I'm sure you can all imagine why if you've seen it. Uh, I was very, <laughs> you know, a lot of uh, good things about it when you're a kid. So yeah, I love it. You know, this great effects, great characters. Uh, memorable lines and uh, it's the one that I'll keep watching every year until I die essentially so yeah and then you become a zombie right <laughs> all right my number eight is a 1988 fun one night of the demons one of my favorite scenes in horror period is the wide shot of Angela dancing to the strobe light and the song and fucking Sal is just like in the corner, like looking at her, like what the fuck's happening? Who justice for Sal did not deserve to die in that fucking movie. The pirate fucking guy lived of all people. He didn't do shit, but uh, night of demons is fucking super good, super fun. It's on Halloween. It captures the Halloween feeling. Angela is a great demon. Linnea Quigley, once again, who we've mentioned a couple times for returns in there. So night of the demons, super fun captures the 80 spirit perfectly. So that's my number eight. Excellent choice, Todd. Thank you. Excellent. Because my number eight is also yeah. the Demons. <laughs> and for all the exact same reasons you said, Hull House is just such like an iconic house. And just the fact that they filmed it like in an actual house, like it, it just like, it just like oozes like spookiness throughout. I think it's like one of, it's like a perfect Halloween movie. Like I watch it every single Halloween season and just like a great cast, like Lin Linnea Quigley, Amelia Kincaid. Like it was just a really like fun the demons all look really great. The makeup looks great. And it's just like, it, it just like is so 80s in like the perfect way, you know? So that's why it makes my number eight. Hold on. I want your impersonation of the pig guy. Stooge. <laughs> I'm ready to party. <laughs> classic. That was classic. Eating um, a bowl of fuck. <laughs> Uh, so my number eight is not uh, Night of the Demons. It is actually a movie that I was not sure about. So I rewatched it and was very impressed by what I saw. And that is the Fly uh, remake. So uh, I remembered it being good, but it wasn't like top 10 good. But I, I had, it had been years since I had seen it. So I decided to check it out. It's Jeff Goldblum playing, you know, the Brendel Fly character. And it's amazing. 
the makeup in that movie is so fantastic you see him uh, deteriorate throughout the movie and the amount of like different variations of what he looks like is really impressive and it just gets better and better like just when you think he's not going to get any creepier he comes back the next scene even creepier than he was before and the whole movie is like that he just gets worse and worse and worse and worse the fact that they had to change you know and make the makeup evolve throughout the film is just really really impressive and i absolutely loved rewatching this uh i'm glad that this you know decade list made me revisit it because it was totally worth it so my narrate the fly hey it's that dude's hand good scene i i didn't even remember that one so there's one i missed all right coming in at number seven is 1981's an american werewolf in london one the best period werewolf transformation transformation scene of all time uh he's just sitting there in a chair perfect lighting there's no like concealing shadows it's all done practically right in front of you which is awesome the nurse is hot also has some heart too like his buddy coming back is like a ghost haunting him telling him what he needs to do and the fact that he's you know american fish out of water in england and he's going through this perfect thing just a great fucking movie all around so american world in london excellent choice todd Excellent choice because my number seven is also oh, two, two in a row. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. We got a, we got an ESP thing going on right now. Yeah, I mean the greatest werewolf transformation of all time. It has never been topped, and probably never will be. Yeah, I mean just it's such an iconic scene, and yeah, I mean that's why really it makes my number seven. I mean it's a great movie, and other than that as well, the you know the. The chemistry between uh, the two lead actors is just great. And the makeup besides the werewolf transformation is awesome throughout. So yeah, that's why it makes my number seven. All right. My number seven is a movie you guys didn't even consider. So I'll be the only one with it on my list. And that is Predator. I think it's horror enough. Uh, when I used to collect Fright Flicks, which was a trading card from the 1980s of horror, like different scenes and stuff. The Predator was one of the four cover like posters along with a few others i just absolutely love this movie arnold schwarzenegger is my favorite actor of all time uh, i can watch anything he's in almost anything he's in <laughs> looking at you uh hercules in new york <laughs> and uh just absolutely have a blast with it uh this movie is just so good and it could have easily just been these like buff dudes killing some shit and it would have been fine but you actually get like hearts and characters and stuff like that in the movie so you know it's uh it's surprising and i really really love it i i think it's a classic and i'm glad that disney making prey everyone when disney bought fox they got a lot of horror properties under their wing and a lot of people thought those horror properties would essentially go and die because disney bought them and they're proving that that's not the case with prey so i'm happy that to see that horror is going to keep thriving even under that banner so predator amazing film number seven i agree man it's a great one uh all right number six is a tricky one because it's a part four out of a series and that's 84 is friday 13th the final chapter i friday 13th is my favorite series period i love them all some of them are obviously not as good as the others like manhattan and jason goes to hell stuff like that but overall i love the series and part four i think is the best one out of there it's the only one that has like a real heart to it where, you know, Corey Feldman, Tommy Jarvis's family, their dynamic is amazing. Jason, played by Ted White, is super imposing. Fantastic kills in there. But yeah, if you came out and told me part one was your favorite, cool. Part three is your favorite, cool. Those are all from the 80s, obviously. Two is amazing, too. 
I wouldn't argue with you, but I think part three, or sorry, part four is the best out of those, the final chapter. So that's number six. Excellent choice, Todd. Excellent choice. No, you're not going three in a row. It's not Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, my number six is a PG horror movie and one of the greatest PG horror movies of all time. Poltergeist. I mean, yeah, I mean, Poltergeist rules. Like, I, just, I love Poltergeist so much. This is definitely another nostalgia pick for me. I um, watched this one really young, and it scared the shit out of me. You hear, they're here, and you know exactly where that is coming from. Just uh, so many iconic scenes. Just when the father just freaks out at the end, when he's like, you son of a bitch, you, you moved the headstones, but you left the bodies, and he just flips out. I fucking, that scene is so good. The fucking dead, the real dead bodies in the swimming pool scene. So iconic, so good. Um, the movie is amazing, but honestly, the backstory of that movie is so interesting as well. The whole poltergeist curse, if you look into that, is like really, really interesting. And it spawns some good sequels. Poltergeist 2 is really good as well. I have nostalgia for Poltergeist 3. It's not a great movie, but uh, it did spawn a franchise and a pretty solid franchise, but uh, that original Poltergeist. And I didn't even mention Tangina, who is just like a, a fantastic character in all of herself. Just, man, and then the ghost coming down the stairs at that one point when the dude rips his fucking face off. Just like, uh, so good. So that's why it's my number six. Uh, my number six is the first of three movies that I had to pick one over another from the same franchise and had a hard time deciding. But ultimately, I went with The Evil Dead, the original. Uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 could have been both on my list. I love them both uh, a lot. They're different from each other. You know, one's made with like no budget, one's made with a little bit more budget. But ultimately, The Evil Dead really inspired me when I was in film school because of how low budget it was and the way that they had to essentially create different uh, techniques to make it the way it was. And I'll never forget reading Bruce Campbell's book, If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, where he details kind of what they went through in the filming of Evil Dead. And I have so much respect for that movie. And beyond all the backstage and like behind the scenes stuff, the movie itself is fantastic. The effects are great. It's spooky. It's got great camera work. It's got just great everything. I absolutely love this movie. And like I said, Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 could have been on this list, but I went with Evil Dead. So that's my number six. Yeah. Great book. Fantastic book. It's it's a must. All right. My number five, top five time, which honestly, like this five could could shift around based on what's going on, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at this. So number five for me is 1985's Day of the Dead, like Steve gigantic Romero fan it does have issues though the acting is pretty bad at times you know like the delivery lines is pretty bad there's some actually pretty bad pacing issues in this but it's got bub it's got uh, fantastic zombies i love the opening scene when they're in florida and they fucking land and there's a bunch of like um you know like empty movie theater empty street the newspaper flies and it shows the dead walk and stuff like that and you have an alligator coming out of a bank that if you look closely his mouth is tied and then they, they didn't kind of hide it that well but um I love it, man. All the bullshit aside of that movie, it's it's still really good. And then, like uh, like you mentioned, see the final twenty minutes where the zombies are just unleashed by the angry fucking guy is fantastic. Plus, you got Joe Pilato, Captain Rhodes, joke on him when he's being torn apart. It's just amazing. So, Day of the Dead, eighty five, number five. Is there food? All right, my number five. Uh, what Frankenstein? <laughs> <laughs> 
my number five we heard earlier from Steve and it is the remake of The Fly. It's, yeah, I mean, I this is probably one of the greatest remakes of all time. Definitely one that surpasses the original, which the original had Vincent Price in it. So, I mean, that is tough to, tough to surpass. But this one does in uh, pretty much every way. Man, Jeff Goldblum's performance uh, is so good in this, um, as well as Gina Davis's performance. I mean, both just put on... I mean, who would have thought, like, at the end, you would actually, like, feel, like, emotions towards this fly and their love story? Like, it it really does capture, like, uh, the emotions uh, really well. The, the makeup effects are just amazing and disgusting all at the same time. Yeah, the fly rules, and that's why it's my number five. My number five is another one where I could have picked two from the same franchise. And I this one I had to pick between which one I think is better versus which one I like more. And I was really d- debating between the two. Ultimately, I went with the one that I think is a better made film. And that is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Three is actually my favorite of the series, but one I think is the best of the series. Uh, it's just so classic, you know. You have the introduction to Freddy, you have uh, the whole story of Nancy, and you have some of the most iconic shots are all in the first one, you know? Uh, The bathtub scene, the stretch out arms, like all that stuff is just so iconic. The music's absolutely fantastic. Direction, the characters, you got Johnny Depp in here, you know, one of his first roles. It's an absolutely amazing movie. It's one I've seen many, many times over the, the years, and I still enjoy it to this day. So Nightmare on Elm Street at number five. Alrighty, I have a feeling that one's probably going to be number one in the ultimate list, one or two. Uh, anyway, uh, number four for me is Steve's number six, which is 1981's The Evil Dead, starring Bruce Campbell, which is everyone's favorite horror icon or actor or one of, directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, yeah, for all the stuff Steve said, man, it's it's a great freaking movie. There's so many cool shots. Ash slams the freaking thing in the ground and the lightning goes off and it's just amazing. You got Freddy Krueger's glove in the background, which is a fun little nod. The deadites are all cool. The stop motion sounds on paper like it'd be cheesy, but it's fucking dope. The pencil and the ankle shot. It's just the tree rape out of nowhere. Like this movie does not shy away from things. It's like once it starts, it doesn't stop and it only escalates from there. And Ash just like eats shit the entire movie. And he's just, he's a great character. I can understand why people like part two better. And it's a great film. And part three, of course, Army Doctor is a great film as well. But I think one is the closest one to, to like a traditional just horror movie. Because, you know, two is comedic, so is three. So I'm going with Evil Dead, 81. Man, great movie. Excellent choice, Todd. Excellent choice. Because my number four is also The Evil Dead. Three? Um, three in our top number- list? Ooh. Yes, that's uh, right. No, I mean, three the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly connected minds right now i love it but yeah i mean everything basically todd just said is why i love it as well it's just like man like that those shots like going through the trees are just so iconic and just like they were just like like a kind of revolutionary for the time yeah i mean just bruce campbell fantastic in it the fucking the troll witch thing or whatever you want to call it the deadite in the basement locked in the basement is just terrifying and how she manipulates her voice throughout the movie it's just so creepy the tree rape is one of the most unforgettable scenes i think i've ever seen (laughs) um and yeah just 
everything. Everything about it is great. And I'm the same way. Like I, I, I toyed between one and two for my list as well, but I just feel like one is just more the more iconic, I guess, of the two. So that's why it made my number four. Well, you guys are picking the same movies every round. I'm picking stuff that doesn't even make your lists. <laughs> my, my number four is Aliens. I don't know what the hell you guys are smoking. This movie is so fucking horror. <laughs> like there's xenomorphs everywhere. There's blood, there's guts. There's just everything I love about a horror movie. Yes, it does skew to the action genre more so than uh, its predecessor Alien. But I think there's a ton of horror in this when you see the Alien Queen and uh, just the way that everything happens in this movie. What a fucking fantastic movie. It's so good. I could watch this every single year. It's just so fun. Bill Paxton is such a like a hoot. Of course, Sigourney Weaver, one of the best icons in film history, period. It's just the way it is. And I absolutely adore this film. It's rare that I think a sequel is better than the original, but this one absolutely uh, you know, blows the first one out of the water. Now, the first one's great, for sure, but... Yeah, absolutely love Aliens, so that's my number four. The Aliens is fucking amazing. Like, perfect action hybrid. My number three, which I presume is going to be Joe's number one, but no spoilers, is 1980s The Shining. I mean, performances, great. And I hear the argument, Jack Nicholson looks crazy from the beginning. He's not crazy. He's just an annoyed dad. All the dads out there, you understand, we get annoyed. You know, people are in the backseat nagging you and stuff, and you're just trying to drive the car on this fucking windy road. Yes, you're annoyed. The imagery, the music, the ballroom music, it just, like, gets in your head and stays there. Bartending scenes, everything about this movie is amazing. Shelly Duvall, the background, The Shining itself, uh, little fucking Danny, The Shining. It's fantastic. So I'll leave it at that. Very nice. My number three is going to be the original A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was torn um, the same as Steve on this because I I, I have more fun with part three Dream Warriors, but like part one, without part one, there would be no part three. And it's just so iconic. It basically spawned like the slasher genre of the 80s. I mean, obviously I know Halloween came before it and whatnot, but once Freddy came out, like he just became, he became the 80s. Like he, I mean, just like, just, he was everywhere, just marketed like crazy and stuff. And that without the original Nightmare on Elm Street, none of that would ever happen. And there's just so many iconic scenes. Nancy's bathtub scene, you know, the girls on the jump rope, Johnny Depp getting sucked into the bed with the blood, Tina, on the fucking wall just covered in blood just like yeah i mean it's it's such a such a good movie um nightmare on elm street is and freddie are it's my favorite franchise personally of the slasher franchises and yeah that's why it makes my number three uh my number three is the second remake on my list and that is 1982's the thing fantastic movie in every way i love the setting of the arctic I think it just gives it this uh, energy that uh, I, I absolutely love, you know, the claustrophobia of kind of being stuck there in the isolation. And I love the characters. Kurt Russell is one of my favorite actors. He's just so good in this. The body horror is oh so good. And it. like, it's so good. Uh, there's just a lot to love about this movie. And there's also some good action, some suspense, some mystery, what's going on. I, I love this movie to death. It's one that I was happy to revisit for this uh, list and um yeah i just can't say enough good things about it so the thing 
Very nice. All right. Number two is one that was sitting at number one for a while there, but last minute I shifted it before sending the the, the list off to Joe, and that's 1985's Fright Night. Jerry is the main vampire. He's so fucking cool. He's suave. He's awesome. It's just like a really good coming of age tale, you know, where you got him moving in next door, and he's like, what the fuck? There's a vampire mom. A vampire Jerry comes over, introduces himself. She invites him in, and now we know as horror fans, you can bite vampires and they can come in whenever they want now so I, I just love it his girlfriend amanda beers is really good in it and it's just like it's a cute movie but it's horror you know what i mean like there's a, like there's like cute like relationship stuff evil ed's a really cool character that he's like the nerd he's picked on then he becomes like a vampire under jerry he's got jerry's familiar which is kind of like a weird kind of sexual thing going on i'm thinking but i don't know we'll leave it at that but uh friday night fantastic movie if you haven't seen it you gotta see it friday night Number two. Alrighty, my number two is John Carpenter's The Thing. I mean, I, I, I just love this movie. The practical effects are amazing. I personally think this is John Carpenter's masterpiece. Hot take, I know most people would say Halloween, but to me, like, this is just... This movie's amazing from start to finish. I don't think there's really ever a dull moment. There's always something interesting going on. The, I mean... I just said it, but the I once again the practical effects are just out of this world, and they still hold up to this day as some of the best practical effects I think ever put to screen. The blood testing scene is just absolutely iconic. You know, the McCready child stuff at the end is still being debated to you know to this day, and yeah, that's why it makes my number two. My number two is uh, one that we had an amazing episode of. Uh, yeah, like a year and a half ago, where we did this movie and the uh, TV movie that they released later, and that's The Shining. Uh, the Shining is just a masterpiece in every way. The acting is just some of the best ever, like period. Uh, the music is fantastic. It scared the shit out of me as a kid. The Grady twins, just they're the imagery, and they're, they don't really do anything. They just fucking stand there, and they're just creepy two little girls, you know? I mean, yes, you see them like getting wrecked and stuff uh, like really quickly, but it was that's not what scared me as a kid. It's just them at the end of the hallway, just standing there, just two little girls, not no scary makeup, no nothing. Just the atmosphere sucked me in, even as a kid. Uh, it's just Kubrick, you know, he's a madman. If you know his directing style, it's absolutely insane. He brings he like really mistreated actors and everything, and I hope it's never replicated. But uh, this is you know, one of the movies that we got out of him and it's just an absolute masterpiece in every way. So number two, The Shining. Stay with us, Steve, forever and ever. All right. My number one is 1985. I think 1985 is my favorite year of all time film-wise. You got Fright Night. You got The Shining, or not The Shining, sorry. Fright Night, uh, Day of the Dead. You got Back to the Future. And then you have my favorite movie of the 80s, which is The Return of the Living Dead. Is this the best movie Technically speaking on my list, no. I think that would go to The Shining if we're being like pure cinema wise. But as far as replayability, rewatchability, Return of the Living Dead is hilarious. It's got great violence. It's got great one-liners. Send more cops, send more paramedics. It hurts to be dead. You got Spider, um, who's a great character. You got Trash. You got Suicide. You got all the freaking hipsters. You got Freddy, played by Tom Matthews from, uh, oh, what's that, Friday 13, Part 6. I just love it, man. And like you guys too, and like a lot of young men our age, it was 
Linnea Quigley was like, oh, like an awakening, you know, for a lot, or, you know, maybe just a reassuring for some and things like that. But either way, total babe, Tarman, so fucking good. And then the <laughs> Clue Gulliger, the whole scene where they're telling him, talking about how Night Living Dead was a true story and that they accidentally shipped the bodies to, to, you need a medical supply and that's where they get the zombies from. It's like everything about this movie is fantastic. It's a great setup. The cemetery is awesome. And then the music where they burn the body, you think it's done, but the smoke goes up in the air and it starts raining and bringing it back down to earth through the cemetery. And you see the water trickling into the graves. Just fucking perfect. So Return of the Living Dead. I love it. Like I said, technically the best movie on my list. Nope. But I love it. So number one. Very nice. Uh, And my number one probably comes as no surprise to anybody is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, Just to me, it's like the perfect horror movie. It's my favorite horror movie uh, of all time. The, you know, the Overlook Hotel is basically its own character in this movie. It's just it's such a great atmosphere throughout all of the different rooms. Jack Nicholson was just a, a tour de force performance, uh, just amazing. All the side characters are amazing too. You know, uh, Scatman Carruthers is fantastic in this, and you know, Kelly Duvall just the. the just the what she was put through but her you know during this movie but the performance she gave i thought was was fantastic and just so many iconic scenes throughout of course you know the you know the grady twins and you know the here's johnny through the door them uh, jack stalking danny through the maze i mean i could go on and on and on with this movie and it's just so layered and there's just uh, not even to mention the woman that room 237 woman in the bath bathtub and stuff just Man, like there's just there's so much to unpack um, with this movie, and it's a movie that you could watch over and over again and just pick up new things. The you know every time you watch it, I mean they made a, a documentary on it, you know about the whole all the different conspiracy theories and stuff that you could pick up through the movie. So that's just that's why it makes my number one, and it's just I love it. For my number one, to me, it was never like in, uh, even debated. When I started my 1980s list, I started one dot this movie. It's the movie I've seen the most in my life. It's the movie I have the most nostalgia for. It's the movie I used to play with the merch when I was a kid. Used to watch the cartoon that was based on it. I used to play the video games. And I fucking love it to this day. I've seen it well over 100 times and still watch it at least three, four times a year. And that is Ghostbusters. To me, no doubt that this was going to be my number one. It's just good in every way. I love it to death. It is such an iconic film, important to film history. You know, they it's both like scary. I mean, the first ghost, the librarian ghost, is a fucking scary scene. And the fact that this is geared kind of towards kids a little bit is like frightening when you think about that, just how scary she is. Uh, you know, Slimer is even kind of a glutton but serious character. But then at the end, they go with the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which in the context of the movie just makes sense. They they try to think of something that wouldn't be harmful and it becomes this big monster. And the way that he turns on this lovable, cute marshmallow monster to this like evil on fire demon, it's just so good. I mean, it's got everything. It's got ghosts. It's got a zombie-ish character. It's got demon dogs. It's got everything i fucking love this movie to death uh i quote it all the time and i think it's the best movie from the 1980s easily so that's ghostbusters five out of five movie one that i didn't even consider (laughs) damn it (laughs) great movie who you gonna call all right 
what's he say who brought the dog or who brought the pooch or something like that <laughs> yeah. he has a party with like the dudes he does the taxes for it's like you fucking yeah. nerd <laughs> great stuff yeah. all right so are we ready folks for the it. ultimate list of the 1980s ladies and gentlemen you want to know what the best 10 horror movies of the 1980s are look no further because this was our biggest most accomplished list uh yet we had 28 total lists submitted so uh in comparison uh we had 21 for our 90s list uh, last uh year when we did that so uh, a huge thanks to every single one of you that submitted a list obviously all of our discord followers um as well as fellow uh, horror podcasters as well so thank you yeah thank you so much without you guys we wouldn't be able to put together this ultimate list so how the ultimate list works for those of you uh, who may be new to this what i do is if it is a 10th place vote i give it two points and if it is a first place vote I give it 20 points and so on and so forth. It goes two down. So a second place would get 18 points. Third would get 16 points. And so far down the list, uh, add all those points up and whoever has the most points obviously is your number one movie. All right. So let's start with our honorable mentions. I'm going to do 15 because why not? It's the eighties. So let's do our top 15. So First honor, uh, five honorable mentions, I should say. I'm not doing 15 honorable mentions, but you know what I mean. Uh, all right. So uh, our first honorable mention is from 1982, and it is Creep Show. Creep Show received 66 points. It was on seven of the 28 lists, and it peaked with one fourth place vote. Our next honorable mention is 1986's The Fly. The Fly received 76 points, was on 9 of 28 lists, and peaked with one third-place vote. Our next honorable mention, one I don't believe that made any of our lists, 1987's The Lost Boys. Right? That didn't make it any, no. any of our lists, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. Nope. So uh, The Lost Boys received 78 points, was on six of the 28 lists, and peaked with a first-place vote. Our next honorable mention is 1985's Fright Night. Fright Night received 84 points, was on eight of the 28 lists, and peaked with a first-place vote. And our final honorable mention, I think surprising it didn't make any, I guess, of our three lists. But it did a uh, sequel did, and it is the original 1980s Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th received 90 points, was on eight of the 28 lists, and received one second place vote. Pretty solid uh, honorable mentions there. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. disagree with any of them. I mean, you know, some I obviously I didn't put it on my list or anything. Uh, Lost Boys is one I rewatched, and I think it's a good movie, but it's not one of my favorites. You know. Um, and I'll have more to say about Friday the 13th later in another question. So I'll see you. Yeah. All right. Solid. All right. Awesome. All right. So let's get into it, folks. Here we go. On the master list, I will say 63. This is our top 10. 63 different movies received a vote in this list. In comparison of our 90s list, there were 66 movies. So um, just a few down from the 90s and 12 movies received a first place vote and our 90s list 
also 12 movies received a first place vote so no, nothing different there all right so let's start it off let's start us off with number 10 from 1986 and it is an iconic sequel that me and todd didn't consider horror enough but you guys all did at number 10 comes aliens aliens received 100 points was on eight of the 28 lists and peaked with a second place vote Coming in at number nine, 1985's Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead also received 100 points, but it was on more lists, uh, nine of the 28, and did peak at a first place vote, which was Todd's, of course. So that, <laughs> so that is why I put it uh, at number nine over Aliens. Coming in at number eight, 1984's Who Are You Gonna Call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters received 104 points. Was on seven of the 28 lists, but of those seven lists, four put it as their number one movie of the 1980s. Because people didn't consider it, I think. That's yeah. You know, yeah. If people had considered it, I think it would have been much higher. But I get it. Probably. Yeah. Yep. All right. Coming in uh, at number seven is 1981's The Evil Dead. The Evil Dead received 118 points, was on 11 of the 28 lists, and peaked with two third-place votes. Coming in at number six, 1987's Evil Dead 2, ladies and gentlemen, received 128 points, was on 11 of the 28 lists, and peaked with four third-place votes. So there you go. You have one franchise getting two movies on your 80s list. All right. Are we ready for our top five? Any thoughts before we get into our top five? How do you feel about the bottom five? Strong. Strong. Bottom five. Yeah. There, there's, there's nothing that I would argue. <laughs> it, can, so, it, can go, it can go lower. It can go higher, in my opinion. So I'm surprised. That's the first time we have two of the same franchise on the list, right, I think? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yep. And pretty surprising, I think surprising in some ways that the sequel was over the, yeah. the original. It usually doesn't happen very often. So pretty I wonder, cool. I know uh, you already know the answer, but I wonder if we're going to get two Nightmare on Elm Streets on there. Because a lot of people love oh, three and one. We'll we see. shall see. We shall we'll see. see. All right, here we go. Uh, top five of the 1980s. Coming in at number five, 1982's Poltergeist. Poltergeist received 130 points was on 10 of the 28 lists and peaked with two second place votes. Coming in at number four, 1981's An American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London received 136 points, was on 13 of the 28 lists and peaked with a first place vote. Top three, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Your top three horror movies of the 1980s coming in at number three is 1984's a nightmare on elm street and let me just say listen to this bump up ladies and gentlemen because the top three were absolute runaways so uh number four number four is an american wolf in london received 136 points well our number three a nightmare on elm street received 254 points uh almost 120 Oof, that's a jump bump it was on 17 of the 28 lists and peaked with four first place votes. Coming in at number two, 1982's The Thing. 
The Thing received 276 points, was on 17 of the 28 lists, and received the most first place votes of any movie with six, which leaves us with our number one movie of the 1980s based on you guys and the 28 lists, 1980s The Shining. The Shining received 282 points, was on the most lists, 21 of 28 master lists, and received four first place votes. So number two and number three was decided only by, what, six points. So literally it could have you know, gone one way or the other. It literally was decided by one list. Um, you know, that's how close those top two movies were. But there you have it folks so todd steve let me hear your initial reaction to this list no surprises to me really i had a feeling the shining would probably make it out on top and if not i thought the thing would be the one to maybe dethrone it yeah no i'm i think it's a great list honestly it's a solid list uh, surprising that for such a heavy horror decade that uh the points are so high for yeah. these movies because um there's so much to choose from that it seems a lot of people pick the same ones on a right. lot of lists so it's impressive yeah i i mirror that the only probably the weakest one in my opinion on the list is poltergeist just because i didn't watch when i was young it was a relatively mm-hmm. older watch so i was like you've already seen stuff at that point not that it's mm-hmm. a bad movie by any means but that's probably my only surprise is how high poltergeist went but other than that fuck man this is a really good list <laughs> yeah, no, a- absolutely. I know, Todd, you were asking about Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors, which I have here somewhere. Um, I will say, I mean, there was like a lot of movies that came like really close to making the honorable mentions. Um, here we go. Dream Warriors was one of them, actually. It was on, it was only on four. It only made four of the lists. I think obviously everyone went the Nightmare on Elm Street route rather than the Dream Warriors route. But on the four list, it did make, it did receive a first place vote and also received a second place vote and a fourth place vote as well. And it uh, received a total of 54 points, which, you know, Creepshow was at my last honorable mention at 66 points. So it was one that was semi-close to making uh, the honorable mentions. Another big one uh, that was very close to making the honorable mentions was Gremlins, which I don't believe was on any of our lists, right? Yeah. That's a good Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gremlins was actually on quite a few lists. It was on seven lists, none of them super high. It did receive one second place vote and uh, received 66 points. So very close. Obviously, Creepshow got 66. So Gremlins was definitely the next closest to making the honorable mention. Another one that got very close was Reanimator. Reanimator was on uh, six lists and uh, peaked at a second place vote um, and received 62 uh, total points. Where was uh, uh, Night of the Demons? Like, I feel a lot of people Night talk of- about that movie, so I'm surprised it's not anywhere. Night of the Demons got no love at all. Night of the Demons only uh, was on uh, three lists total. It did receive one first place vote, though, on a list, but uh, I think it was just me, Todd, and I think uh, Caleb might have put it on his. I think we're may- or some someone else in our Discord, maybe Raining Blood. I can't remember who, but it was only on uh, three of the lists, it only- and it only received. 34 points total hmm, so that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. low it is a week yeah a week showing for the night of the demons unfortunately another one i thought that was surprising was pet cemetery because i find pet cemetery to be a pretty iconic movie but it only was on four of the 28 lists and it peaked at a third place 
vote on that one. Another one that surprised me a little bit was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I thought I would see Killer Clowns from Outer Space on a lot more lists. Um, it only made uh, four lists, and at it only got up to seventh on a list so no not a great showing for killer clowns only receiving 14 points uh total on uh the list what else we got here another one i guess uh iconic horror movie iconic scene anyway was uh sleepaway camp definitely a cult classic but only made two lists and only at its highest was a ninth place uh vote on well, what the about list. uh the halloweens i didn't see any halloween love thank you for mentioning that actually because halloween 2 received three votes but it received two first place votes really uh, actually yeah it did yeah so Halloween cool. two got uh, yeah so three three votes total it uh totaled 44 points but yeah two first place votes for that also halloween four received one vote and it was but it was high on their list at number four so some h4 love as well there i believe halloween three halloween three i think only made one list total which i think that was a little surprising too in some ways because i know that's another one that's a cult classic so halloween 3 didn't get much love either as far as the friday the 13th other than the original friday 4 received the most love getting on uh three lists and peaking at a third place vote was there uh, any first... like off the wall maybe not as mainstream sure. wise what we got yes the stuff the stuff oh, okay. got a, a vote, definitely um, uh, a uh, cult classic as well. Motel Hell receiving uh, a, one vote as well. Here's that one's one. fucking uh, weird, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a weird one. Um, here's a couple of uh, good ones. Uh, Society received uh, one, was on one uh, ballot as well, as well as Dario Argento's opera. Uh, that, that was one I think Opera's that was good. the most off. Yeah, that was one I think that was a little bit off the cuff that I uh, didn't see uh, much love for. Oh, here's one that was actually on uh, four lists that uh, received some high praise uh, on the list was The Blob, the Blob remake from the 1980s. That one peaked at a uh, third, one third place vote. So that one got And then the other votes were uh, in the in the mid range. One that didn't get a lot of love that um, was very close to making my honorable mentions was uh, My Bloody Valentine. I, I love that movie. I love like the, the whole like minor character and stuff. That one was on three lists. It did peak at a fourth place vote on a ballot. Um, right, two well. and, and Steve's got the shirt on today. I do. Yes. <laughs> two, two movies that I know my wife put on her list that I didn't hear anything about. Uh, Beetlejuice and the Monster Squad. Was she yeah, the only great, one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, she wasn't. Beetlejuice actually d had a pretty decent showing. Well, I mean, by point wise, but it it did make it was on four of the twenty eight ballots. I just think most people didn't consider it horror, I guess. But it did peak with a second place vote, so it did get pretty. And it also received a third place vote and a place vote as well. So you know, it did a on when it, on the list it was on, it was um, fairly high. Um, the Monster Squad didn't get much love at all, sadly. And we're the Horror Squad podcast, and none of us even put it on our honorable mentions. Or I was close to putting it on the on my honorable mention personally, but um, it was only was on two of the twenty eight lists with twenty six points total. So it uh, received a, a fourth place vote and a fifth place uh, vote at that. So yeah. So yeah, um, let's see. Anything else here that might be interesting? Oh, Lil Shop of Horrors. Lil Shop of Horrors received a first place vote. It was oh. on uh, 
Yeah, it was on it was on two lists total for a total of 24 points. I'm trying to see if uh, any other movies, if I didn't mention all 12 already, that did receive first place votes. I think I got Did anyone every... put Terminator in there by any chance? No, no. No, no love for Terminator. No, I guess I was no just thinking, I mean, I, I don't personally think it's horror, but I know some people do. Yeah, a little bit of Cronenberg love. You got uh, besides the fly, I uh, got Videodrome made mm. a couple of lists as well. One that something wicked this way comes received a third place vote. Um, that's a movie I've never seen actually, but I know it's a Disney classic, right? I believe, or like a creepy Disney classic. I, I didn't know it was a movie. I just know know the book. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with that one. Also, the Twin Peaks movie received uh a vote as well which i've never seen never but... seen any of that yeah yeah uh here's one I, i've never seen before dead ringers made a list never heard of it i've heard of it it's, it's on my tubi list i think but is I it on tubi watch. let me see if it's on my tubi pretty sure i'll add it to the list if it i mean it could be a good 80s horror movie if it made someone's list so no no, no night of the creeps love um i you know, it might have made one or two lists. Let me see here. Yeah, neither Cruz made one list. Just one. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And not a great showing at six 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 points total on that one. Um Cujo got made it on two lists. You know, definitely a, a classic of the eighties. Friday was there was quite a few Friday movies. Friday six got some love, Friday four, Friday uh 3D. So it was definitely uh you know, maybe if everyone pu- picked one together, <laughs> another Friday sequel could have gotten on the list. Pro- I think surprising in a way that the original got the love over all the others. But I guess maybe people went with, well, without this, you know, the original the sequels wouldn't exist type deal. Right. Uh, I was going to say, I couldn't believe how many Friday 13s were in the 80s. You know, they, they came out pretty much every year <laughs> in from 1980 all the right. way to, to 89. It goes all the way to Manhattan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Freddy, Freddy or Jason Goes to Hell's the nineties one. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy that they made eight Friday thirteenth in nine years. And then they haven't made one since two thousand nine. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Bastards. Right. And and also a uh hall of shame to uh two of our list senders for not checking their years and sending me a seventies and nineties movie. Ladies Uh-oh. and gentlemen, Dawn of the Dead and Child's Play Two Uh-oh. not in the eighties. So Dawn of the Dead, 70s, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 2, 1990. So you were close, but just a little off. <laughs> come back, come back uh, next next year for the 70s list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm just kidding on those. Don't get offended for those two people. <laughs> but uh, what else got love? Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies uh, got a little love. And yeah, I think that's really about it. Day of the Dead didn't get much love besides from Steve and Todd. We like our Romero, man. We do. (laughs) But yeah, other than that, I think that is pretty much it. And uh, yeah, so thank you to everyone once again for sending your master list. Oh, Pumpkinhead. There's another one. Another classic. Mm. I think 80s that, you know. Here's here's, uh, one, you know, shocking that not one person, I think, gave any love to Puppet Master or Toxic Avenger. I thought maybe I would see it on at least one list for someone who loves their cheese, but no love for those two fra- uh, franchises. There's a, there's a lot no of tra- stuff that uh, no trauma full love. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I'm you know basket case and there's a lot of stuff that I'm like I guess surprised and it didn't get any love at all. But it's a big decade and there are some great it movies. Is. So not all that surprising, I guess. 
Uh, all right. So you guys wanted to get into some of the questions we got about the eighties and yes, sir. that. But before we do that, we have something very special for you guys. So I'm putting aside the uh, Deadly Grounds coffee ads for a couple months. I know, I know. I'm sorry. If you want to hear it, I can send you the file. You can listen huh. to it Steve, at your leisure. Come on. <laughs> I, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, no problem. But we have a very special message from a friend of the show, and I'm going to play it, and you're going to hear it for the next two months. So get used to it. So uh, take it away. It's me, Armory Cats, a.k.a. Max from Hocus Pocus. Just here to let you know, I'm going to be in Salem, Massachusetts on October 22nd at the Silver Moon Comic Store starting at 1 p.m. I'm going to be signing some autographs and meeting fans and whatnot. And then after that, there's going to be a special screening and a Q&A hosted by the Horror Squad podcast at Cinema Salem. So I really look forward to seeing you guys there and don't miss it. All right. So thank you to Omri for that great message. Can't wait to do our event in October in Salem. It's going to be a great time. We will be full squad. It's going to be amazing. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time. So definitely, if you can, come join us on October 22nd in Salem with Omni Kratz, a nice Hocus Pocus event. And I just bought two new pieces of clothing, Horror Squad branded. For the Salem, for the oh, Salem that event, okay. that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it. I was the one. I bought a hoodie and I bought a, a new T-shirt with our Halloween logo awesome. on it. So, Very pumped! Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, it's gonna be a super fun event. Um, also, I have another announcement. If you can't make that event, the week before, Damien Maffei is going to be signing at Silver Moon Comics as well. Not full squad for that one. It's just gonna be me. Because Steve and Todd, you know, obviously can't make it two weeks in a row. But uh, if you gotta come meet uh, Damien, it was we had a great event with him last year. He's super awesome. So if you want to get your haunt, strangers pray at night, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre the video game merch signed now, because he's going to be a very big voice actor character in that video game coming up. You can get that. So he's gonna have prints for that as well. He told me. So yeah, come on out to that event. Um, that's gonna be the week before Omri's October fifteenth signing from one to five at silver moon comics as well amazing all right let's get into those 1980s questions you can ask us those questions on social media at the horror squad podcast or on our discord where we got a lot of 80s chat and 80s love and the first question is actually from chuck it is an audio question this is a rejuvenated chuck who uh, last week uh, had just just come out of surgery when he sent us his question. So uh, he's feeling better. And, uh, you know, thanks everyone for all the love he got uh, following his surgery. So Chuck, what is your first question? Hey, Horror Squad, Chuck here with a few questions. First question, what defines 80s horror? Defines mm. it. I mean, I would, say, I would say slashers. Like if someone just said define 80s horror i would just say the slashers like they were just so prominent in the 80s you know michael jason freddie chucky like that to me that that was the 80s okay uh i'd go a different route and say 35 millimeter film Hmm? that has a lot of color in it because 70s is like dark and washed out and 80s is like vibrant and like pink sweaters and all that stuff also let's be honest here a lot of breasts that was like a a big theme in uh, horror (laughs) movies in the 80s but i would also agree too with like slashers being like the cream of the crop for the 80s for sure 
I, I think what defines the 80s is simply choice. Whatever subgenre of horror you like, they have like 50 movies of it in the 80s. And it could be as weird as you, whatever weird thing you can think of, there's probably an 80s horror movie out there that's doing that exact thing. You know, we had little creatures, we have puppets, we have ghosts, we have werewolves, we have slime, we have the stuff, we have, you know, a creature in a basket. It just got such alligators. A, all right, we got everything. It's, it's the 80s, it's such a smorgasbord, it's a buffet of horror. And it seemed like people would just make whatever the hell they wanted to. And it really led to some creative movies. And if you go outside of like the top 25 that everyone always talks about, which are great films, of course, because we just did a whole list on them, you'll find all sorts of weird little goofy gems. And uh, that's why I love Tubi so much, because you can see a lot of those gems on that service. And yeah, that's why I think defines the 80s to me is all those crazy, fun horror movies that are so far out there that i don't know if we'll ever see movies like that again you know at least not to to that extent or caliber uh all right chuck what is your second question the 1980s saw the introduction of home video and horror benefited immensely from it what were your top rentals fuck man great great question do a whole Um, show on on video stores Oh, absolutely. Night of the Demons, for sure. Because, like, that cover was, to me, is, like, iconic. Like, I can, it's just, like, burned into my brain forever. So, Night of the Demons was definitely a hot, a hot rental for me. As far as others, I mean, all, all of the Friday the 13th, like, for sure. Like, I rented those, a ton of those, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all the classic slashers, for sure. Yeah. Gosh, this is hard because I'm looking at, like, VHS tapes right now across from me and, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 was one that jumped out because I still remember browsing like, you know, it's probably Hollywood blo- uh, Hollywood Video or Blockbuster and the back of that VHS tape has like the, um, I believe it has the diner scene, like a little snippet of that. So that always stuck out to me. I did a lot of like just random ones too. Like you would always shop by cover art. So you get like random piece of shit, animal killing movies. And then you go like with the Friday 13th, but I'll, I'll think I'll go with Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 just because I distinctly have that memory of seeing that in the in the video aisle and like scaring me. So stick with that one. Yeah, uh, for those who didn't grow up in the '80s, um, you have to remember that not a lot of people owned VHS back then. Uh, renting was really one of your only options uh, to see these movies. It's uh, I don't remember owning a lot of VHS until like the mid '90s, so everything was a rental. And the ones I remember most vividly, uh, Evil Dead the ghoulies uh, because of that toilet i remember you know that of course the friday the 13th and the nightmare on elm street and stuff like that and just i just loved going to the horror section and getting in trouble from my dad who didn't want me to in the horror section especially i was always trying to sneak a peek at the you know next door porn section with with those cowboy doors that you could totally see through yeah it was just a great memory of me checking out those covers and you know, trying to convince him to rent stuff. He wouldn't do it often, but around the like early 90s is when he started watching horror movies with me. And we started watching stuff like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, uh, stuff like that. So, but as far as just seeing the boxes, Evil Dead, the, the first Evil Dead 2 is the one that comes to mind the most. Like it's had such a memorable cover. Is it the skull? Also, it's a skull with the eye. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera, of all things. Um, you know, just there's a lot of movies like that that just marked me, but. It wasn't until the early 90s I started actually renting them. And the Romero trilogy is probably the one that I remember most vividly renting with my dad. That'd be my answer. Uh, and Chuck, what is your final question? 
With special effects dominating the 80s, did it turn people against the quote-unquote let their imagination scare them movies from previous generations and force them to want more blood, guts, and gore? Is that why we don't see many slow burn movies from the 80s and they're just now making a resurgence? Hmm. Thanks, guys. Look forward to the episode. Can't wait. Super excited. Interesting. Interesting question for sure. Um, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I come to think of it, there, I guess there weren't, like, I can't think of many, like, super slow burn horror movies uh, in the 80s. I mean, I think The Shining is definitely one of them for sure. But yeah, other than that, I, I definitely think. It went. They definitely went more for. I think they knew they like could get away with just low budget horror in the eighties, and people would like eat it up. So like that's just kind of what everyone went with, and like just like churned out these just like cheesy eighties horror movies, and people were just eating them up. Yeah, I mean that's with technology, right? Like seventies, maybe you couldn't really pull pull a lot of that off, so it was more slow burn. Eighties mm-hmm. have technological breakthroughs, and then you know, of course, you get into CGI, and then you have you know ten thousand big epic fucking fantasy slaughter fest you know what i mean so it just goes with the times but yeah that's a good question I, yeah besides um shining there's not really one that sticks out to me that's less is more and the shining was like 1980 so it's yeah. still like kind of bleeding out from the 70s right hmm. yeah I, yeah it, the 80s were really just the uh the decade of cool practical effects you know uh tom Samini was finally getting his feet wet after you know his blue zombies and Tom the dead and uh, stuff like that like you could see the improvement just in day of the dead for example and a lot of the great you know effects artists uh, were really getting a resurgence in the 1980s and stuff like that which we hadn't seen since basically like what the 40s 50s when the universal monsters and stuff were going with the special effects so yeah i think uh People just want to show you what they can do in the 1980s, and it's not till later that we started going back into the slow burns and the kind of let your imagination do the work movies. I wonder what Patrick Bateman's answer would be to the VHS rental question. <laughs> <laughs> I know, obviously, TCM, but I wonder what else that motherfucker... Like, yeah, man, that'd be, let's get freaking... What's his face on the line? Christian Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get right on that. <laughs> I think he'd be a big fan of Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, for sure. Uh, all right. So thank you, Chuck, for uh, the questions. We really appreciate them. So the next one comes to us from Jackie Divine 94 First time asking a question because I, I feel weird. Don't ever feel weird. We super appreciate every single question we get. So thank you very much for sending it. What 80s movie has not been remade do you think is due for a makeover? Oh. Oh, never mind. Day of the Dead's been remade twice. But it needs a good remake. Unsuccessfully. (laughs) Day Day of the Dead needs a someone like a Zack Snyder that loves the source material and will will remake it with love and a 2022 updated vision with improved graphics and writing and all that stuff. Like we said, we we covered it, but so a little little bit of a cheating answer because it's been remade a couple times and has a TV show, but that one deserves a good loving remake. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, I'm going to say this is a tough one. I, I, just off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Clown House because that movie actually like has a great premise, but it just, well, it's overshadowed because it was directed by Victor Salva. 
but I, I think that movie could be like terrifying if put in the right hands today. And not only was it directed by him, is that the movie that you know that was the actual movie? He yeah, was that, that was the yeah. movie he was he arrested for, for yeah. so yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, staying in the, in the horror community on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot of them have been remade, the ones that I felt could use a remake. You know, I'd like to see a lot of sequels or reimaginings, but they're not necessarily remakes. Uh, like, I think Gremlins is due for a resurgence, but I don't necessarily want to see a remake Gremlins because I think Gremlins look amazing as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with something like the stuff that you mentioned earlier. Um, you know, something goofy. And I, I really liked the idea of consumerism or, you know, even, uh, and I love this movie, and I'm surprised it didn't get any love on the list. It came close to getting mine. They Live. I think it'd be mm-hmm. cool to see They Live with today's issues versus you know the issues in the 1980s so um yeah I li- i'll say they live then as i think jordan peele can make a they live that, actually there was a lot of rumors that that was what nope was going to be about if you remember because when mm-hmm. we see the girl without a face there at uh, uh at the show a lot of people thought that was a reveal of basically the aliens and it was a remake of they live but mm-hmm. ended up not being but i think jordan peele would make a great they live remake oh yeah I actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they live made any lists, Steve. Now that you mention it, if it did, it only made like one at the most, you know. Um, maybe That's people didn't consider it because it's not super horror, you know. It's pretty, yeah. sci- it's definitely more sci-fi. Right, exactly. But I, I, I thought about it. You know, I love that movie, but uh, ultimately, I thought maybe it was too much on the sci-fi side. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So next question. Just gonna pull them up here. Uh, these are from the Discord. So the first ones are from Calum. Hey, squad. The 80s is my favorite decade in horror, so to make a top 10 was incredibly difficult, and I enjoyed it. Thank you, Kalen, for the list, by the way. With that said, I'm not an 80s kid, so I have no nostalgia for these movies, but I think all the films on my list are incredible. How much did nostalgia play into your rankings, or do you just love these movies regardless of nostalgia? I I mean, I love all... 10 movies I put on my and the honorable mentions. I mean, I love all the movies I put on my list. Um, I think where I put them, some of them are based on nostalgia for sure. Like um, Pet Cemetery and Night of the Demons and stuff like that. Cause like, are there better movies than Night of the Demons in the eighties? Like, absolutely. But that one is, you know, definitely was heavily on the nostalgia for me, but my like top five definitely didn't know nostalgia was played into it at all. I mean, those movies I think are just staying the test of time. 100% agree with everything you said. Mirror that completely. Um, I shuffle my standings a little bit based on history, but they're still all good. I went mostly with just how good the movies are. My number one is nostalgia. You know, I do think Ghostbusters is a masterpiece, but uh, Ghostbusters is definitely there because of my love for it. So I think nostalgia played a little part in my list. But overall, I think they're all, you know, I still I stand by any of them being amazing movies. So. Uh, his next question, if you could star in any movie in your top 10 slash honorable mentions, which would it be? Star in? I would love to be a zombie in Day of the Dead. Just That'd be cool. Being able to point out, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going to go with Night of the Demons. Uh, I think that would just be fun. Like, it just seemed like such a fun set to be on. So I'll go with that one. Uh, I'll do Ghostbusters. I think it'd be amazing to be a Ghostbuster. And I'd be doing cons to this day. Just chilling on that, you know as there a ghostbuster go. for the rest of time and still getting you know to appear in movies now so yeah gonna be a great gig <laughs> his next question with the diversity that the 80s has to offer in terms of horror 
action, comedy, sci-fi, musicals. Which movies were you glad to see get recognition in our lists? Thanks, Quad. This was a hell of a lot of fun. Glad to get recognition in our lists. I mean, it's always nice to have people agree with what you like, right? But I think still, like, we could have made a top 30 and I would have not argued with any of them because they're all pretty mm-hmm. fucking good. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I was obviously glad to see Dream Warriors get some love. Like, even though it didn't make the list, I was glad to see it make uh, quite a few lists. My Bloody Valentine, like I said earlier, I think that is a, a great slasher that doesn't get an, enough love. So I was happy to see that on some lists as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with what Todd said. You know, all of the picks are really good. There's nothing I would be like, oh my God, no. Why Why is that considered like that's stupid? Right. There's so many great films in the 80s and there's nothing. There are really no dumb answers at all. I'm happy to see two Evil Deads on the top 10. You know, to see, uh, I think it just proves just how fucking amazing that franchise is. And uh, yep. I was happy to see that. So that's probably the one thing that stood out, I guess, the most out of the lists. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is from Lana Del Beer. Which movies do you think have the best soundtracks? It could be scores or 80s music. Oh, that's mm. Return of the Living Dead, period. Best soundtrack, dude. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the 80s, man, I think like every movie on my top 10 has a good soundtrack, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Night of the Demons, love that soundtrack. I got it, um, I have it on vinyl and it's amazing. The Shining, obviously, like that, that intro, like to the shine. I mean, the whole the whole like soundtrack is just so like great and atmospheric never on elm street amazing poltergeist amazing like yeah like all i'm gonna say my whole top 10 <laughs> yeah i i love the ghostbusters soundtrack i used to listen to it all the time as a kid it's got some great songs some great montage songs in there uh the shinings theme is just ugh, one of the most powerful in film history my opinion you know uh, nightmare on elm street same thing man that that music is so friggin iconic you know it's uh there's a lot of soundtracks that came out of the top 10. Like music was very good in uh, mm-hmm. movies in the 80s. So yeah, for sure. Um, next question from uh, Cody, Oddjobbers007. When the younger generation asks you to recommend an 80s horror movie, what is everyone's first choice? Ooh, I'm, I would go Nemer on Elm Street. <sighs> I think that's just like an like iconic 80s horror movie that even, you know, I think, a newer generation would appreciate it i don't think like a new some uh, uh some newer generation like wouldn't appreciate the shining just because i feel like the newer generation's attention span like most of them probably wouldn't you know get that movie so yeah i think i think nightmare would be the, the perfect one to suggest or like maybe even like poltergeist i think would be a good one agreed agreed um i think it depends on age if we're talking just starting out, I'd go like a Gremlins, Ghostbusters kind of thingy. Mm, but yeah. like teenager, like my daughter's age, I think you'd go Night of the Demons. Mm. Like a super fun one. Nightmare on Elm Street, like you said. Super fun one. And it still has some blood and scares in it. You know, I think they had a sleepover when they watched Nightmare on Elm Street, actually. So I'll have to get her two cents on that. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, you know, if it's a young, a younger person, Ghostbusters, if it's slightly older, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, because Nightmare on Elm Street's the movie when I was a kid that everyone would be like, oh, you got to see this movie. It's super scary. You know, like it was the, the scary movie for people my age. So I think I would like to pass that down to the current I, generation. You know, you know, a good triple feature would be you start off with Ghostbusters and then you get progressively worse with Nightmare on Elm Street. 
and then you just go fucking end the night with Evil Dead. <laughs> just like get him comfortable, and then just like slowly <laughs> escalate it from there. And then go to Campbell Holocaust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Next series of questions are from Kayla. Listening to past decade episodes today, having heard questions from Mandy, so I'm stealing some of her questions. Mandy does listen. Hi, Mandy. So uh, she didn't send any questions this year, but uh, thank you for Kayla for sending these in. So these are basically the 1980s awards that we're going to have this year. So the first one, best male performance. Go ahead, Joe. Say it. Say it. I mean, come on. Uh, Jack Nicholson, The Shining. I mean, obviously. <laughs> me, me too. I wrote him down. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's one of the best performances, period. <laughs> so forget exactly. the horror of the 80s, period. That's it. So um, good. Best female performance. Say it, Joe. Ooh. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I'm going with D. Wallace in Cujo. Oh, I, I went with Shelley Duvall from Shining. Mm. Oh, okay. And, yeah. and I went with Sigourney Weaver from Aliens. She's perfect. There you go. That's good. I, Get I away actually, from her, you bitch. I actually picked uh, D. Wallace for the bumper at the beginning of the episode. So it's perfect. Oh, nice. Perfect. For that. Uh, okay. Biggest disappointment. I felt like I couldn't answer this because if I was like 15 year old in 1985, I guess I feel, you know what I mean? Like these didn't come out, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a, we're watching Halloween two or Halloween three next year. Oh, that was disappointing. Like, can you say it was disappointing if you went back to watch a movie that's been released for 30 years? I think you could, if you don't, if you didn't, cause like we didn't have the internet back then. So like, it's not like true, you go on true. Letterboxd or IMDb and be like, oh, what did the other people think of this movie? So like okay, yeah, makes sense. all the ones I watch are like fresh. So for me, I chose uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Um, obviously like loved the first one, loved Freddy. I was, I just don't like Part 2. Like I know it's gotten like a resurgence over the years and stuff like that. But for me, like I just feel like it's so different from the rest of the franchise. And like they broke the rules of Freddy, like how he could like, just come out in out of the dream world without being mm -hmm. pulled or anything he could just like do whatever the fuck he wanted and i really dislike that so uh that's what yeah so that's why i just didn't like it all right all right so the way i did this is i like i said before i rewatched a shit ton of 80s films preparing for this list so i'm going on my most biggest disappointment of my rewatches uh from the past year and to me it was easily the ghoulies the Ghoulies is not a good film. <laughs> it really is not a good film. The Ghoulies 2 and The Ghoulies 3, fucking awesome. The original Ghoulies, whew, it was a struggle to watch. It's basically battling wizards with a couple little Ghoulies in the mix, but barely. Like, they barely appear in the movie. It's terrible. So if you're going to watch The Ghoulies, watch Ghoulies 2 and go Ghoulies Go to College. That's my recommendation and my disappointment. All right, I pulled one up. You guys make good points. And that's going to be uh, 88's Fright Night Part 2. Fright Night Part 1 is number two in my top 10. And number two is just not good, man. Uh, Brewster's in college and like what worked for him in high school does not work for him as a college student being a little whiny little brat. So Fright Night Part 2, watched it once, never need to see it again. Yeah, it's a good choice. Actually, I didn't even know until like this past week when Chuck told me that they made a sequel to the remake. I had no yeah, fucking idea. I have that on Blu-ray, and unfortunately, <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, it's uh, that that shocked me. I was like, I'd never even heard of this. So, 
Wow. Um, next one. Movie you thought was good, but doesn't hold up today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I'm going to go with uh, Demons. You know, I remembered enjoying it, uh, you know, when I was younger, but I went and rewatched it within the last year or two. And I just, it didn't hold up for me. I just was not, not a big fan of it. So I know a lot of people love that movie, have the nostalgia for it. I didn't really have the nostalgia for it. So that might be a, a big factor for me, but yeah, just did not enjoy Demons, the second, my, my newest go around. This was a hard one. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll steal Joe's answer and, I, I kind of get it like the settings cool in the theater and everything and like the demon mask kind of thing but I, I haven't even seen that have you seen the sequel I wonder if it's no yeah I didn't even have any urge to see a sequel after seeing the first one but I did see mm-hmm. the first one for the first time maybe like within five years so like you I didn't have like the history with it I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this but uh, it's one of my rewatches, and I just wasn't into it at all. And I thought I remembered loving it as a kid, and that's The Burbs. Hmm. I was bored to death <laughs> watching it, and I remembered it being really good. You know, I like the premise. I like Tom Hanks. And this movie just didn't do it for me. I, I was just super bored throughout it. So that's my answer. That the one with like the evil Muppets? Uh, no, no, that's meet, that's like, meet the Feebles. Yeah, that, that's the musical Meet the Feebles. I know it's uh, it's like the Herbs. neighbor is uh, like a scientist Tom or something, Hanks. and Tom Hanks. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you get any love on the list, uh, Joe? No, none. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I won't <laughs> piss off too many people then. Most overrated of the 1980s. That's a tough one too, honestly, because like the 80s was full of great stuff. Um, but I'm going to make Steve sad here and I'm going to say the changeling. And that's because, I mean, honestly, I had never seen it in the eighties. So I had like nothing to go on. And then we reviewed it for the episode Steve chose it for. And yeah, I just didn't love it. I think there's some good moments in it, but overall I just felt it was overlong and a bit boring at times. All right. This one's going to upset some people too, but I just don't like Hellraiser. I've tried. I've seen it three, four times maybe because I'm like, all right, what am I missing? What am I missing? Cenobites, fuck, they're they're dope, but the movie <laughs> as a whole I just don't like. And then also spoiler, it's a seventy the seventies episode in about a year. Phantasm's overrated too. So, so. <laughs> but uh Hellraiser, besides the Cenobites, I just I I think it's dull. I would agree that Phantasm's overrated. I mean I enjoyed it like when I finally watched it, but like yeah, I mean it wouldn't make my top ten or anything like that. I'm gonna get so much fucking hate for this. <laughs> it's like so much hate, and I don't, I don't, I want to say I like the movie. I just think it's overrated, and that's Friday the Thirteenth. No, I, the original. Like, oh. there's some good moments and everything, but objectively, the twist doesn't make sense. You don't see Pamela Voorhees really until like the end. You know, you don't see her much. So to have her as the killer, it was kind of like a kind of a cop out to me. Like, there's nothing super interesting about it um i think there are better kills there are better movies in the franchise i like it but i don't think it's like the best movie ever and i think had they not made sequels this would be a totally forgotten movie you know it's only because they made sequels later with jason that the this movie is so revered today and finally most underrated i had a lot of trouble with this one because like i really did not know what to do because like the like 
all of the movies of the 80s i feel like like have like a fan base for me i just decided to go with uh silver bullet i i just really enjoy that movie i don't i don't know why but you know it definitely doesn't have like a, a huge fan base or anything for it but it's just uh, gary Busey is just quite a character in it and the werewolf transformation scene is really cool he's like that dream sequence one is awesome and the fucking silver bullet he rides thing is fucking really cool so yeah i yeah that movie i don't like and <laughs> gary Busey's having some issues he needs to keep his hands to he himself is, yeah. allegedly apparently yeah you know what i mean uh mine's maniac cop dude not a lot of love for maniac cop mm. scott bruce campbell it spawned i believe two sequels which Part two, I have a poster of, so I think it's Superior, but that came in a 90, I believe. But Maniac Cop, man, it's fucking good. Like, check it out. So mine is one that actually I watched because of our podcast. Uh, we didn't do a review on it, but we did a retrospective on the director. And that's From Beyond. From mm. Beyond is a oh, yeah. fucking fun film. And Definitely. I really enjoyed it. I'd never seen it before. And I just really loved watching it. It's such a weird movie, but there's a lot of, to love about it. There's a lot of like yeah. really cool effects and characters and surprising moments and lingerie. Yeah, it's got it's got everything, man. It's, uh, Ken Forey, of course, and you know, it's just it's awesome. So that would be my pick. Good. Great choice, great choice. All right, so thank you, Kayla, for those uh, you know award questions, and moving on to uh, Shailen, little three chord me. As you were compiling your lists, how different was the end result from when you started? Pretty similar or drastically different? Very similar. I only changed my list once. Like I, you know, like originally I had uh, Child's Play in my top 10 and I dropped it out. But other than that, like I, I just kept it like because I know if I kept looking at it, I would have just changed it so many times. So I just bang, I just did it. Yeah, I changed it multiple times just because... It was super hard. So it changed. I originally had Fright Night at number one for the longest time. I had The Shining at number one for a long time. And then it shifted and it fucking like my my number 10 shifted. My, so I was just like, I'm done. I'm going to, I think I submitted to you yesterday. So, or the day before Sunday. So shifted quite a bit. Uh, you have to remember, I've been working on this list for a year. So uh, <laughs> as I was rewatching everything. So movies that were at one time on my top 10 that I kicked off, you have The Changeling, Poltergeist, Reanimator, Fright Night, Gremlins, Child's Play, Creepshow, American Werewolf in London, Lost Boys, and Pet Cemetery, And that's it. Yeah. So those are the movies that were at one point in my top 10. And through rewatches and just thinking about it, just didn't quite make it. Like American Werewolf in London was in my top 10 for a long time. It was the last movie I rewatched. I watched it last week. And it has some of the best transformations ever. But there's a lot of time where he's just contemplating life you know he doesn't actually he's not actually the werewolf all that often in the movie and i find his transformation amazing but his final werewolf form yeah <laughs> yeah it's all right it's not great it's it's all right i actually thought his like little ghost friend was mm -hmm. one of the best parts of that movie so yeah so yeah i changed a lot over the course of the year and i'm sure i'll do the same thing with the 70s her next question is there anything from the 80s that isn't around anymore that you could bring back? Could be a place, product, or whatever you want. Even if it's something you never got to experience, and maybe that's why you'd like to bring it back. Hmm. Video stores. Yeah. yeah. Video stores, man. Yeah. love video stores. I used to spend so much time there. Through, like, high school and junior high, we just walked, you know, we 
rode our, we walked down there and we rode our bikes down there and then eventually you get a car and you drive down there and just four for 20 deals, you know, five for 25. It's just, video stores are amazing and it sucks that those are gone. Yeah, I agree. And when I, uh, when I used to go, when Sam was living in Kansas and I used to go visit her, they still had family dollars there. And like, I was like, what? So like we, like I family like, video. <laughs> yeah. Family video. Yeah. So I was like, well, we got to stop. So like we stopped and we went in there and it was like such like a throwback. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm the only one out of the three of us that's actually like really lived through the eighties. You know, I was uh, right. eight yeah. when the eighties uh, finished. So top of my head, easy answer, Mr. T cereal. God, I love the Mr. T cereal. I was obsessed with Mr. T as a kid. Yeah, the best cereal ever. So please bring it back someone, you know, give it the crystal Pepsi movement or whatever the high C movement. I want Mr. T cereal back. Other than that, though, I just miss, you know, watching movies. Like I'd go to my parents' basement on the shag orange carpet and the wood panel walls and the, you know, the CRT TV with the big like wood thing around it and watch cartoons and watch horror movies. And it's just, I missed that time. And I was so, you know, I remember we talked, I think we talked about in this podcast, maybe last week or two weeks ago, Todd and I, I miss believing in stuff like ghost stories mm -hmm. and aliens and cryptids and stuff like that. I was such an innocent time. Uh, you know, if we saw like a book with ghost pictures or whatever, like I believe them, you know, because I didn't believe people would want to deceive us in the way that people do now. Like now I don't believe a fucking thing from anything online, you know, and I just miss that feeling, I think, of the 80s, the innocence that I felt in the 80s. So that's what I would miss about the 80s and video stores, of course. I mean, that's a given. I fucking love video stores. OK, so that was all for her questions. And our final set of questions here, they are from Mondo. Of the following movies, which do you think you have the best chance of surviving? The Thing, Cujo, Christine, or The Gremlins? Sorry for the dog lovers, but I'll kill that fucking dog. So, <laughs> Cujo's eating not, shit. Not, not, if, not if you're trapped in the car, Todd, with no gun or nothing. Uh, yeah. You remember, it was, it was like, 102, it's like 120 <laughs> degrees in that car, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also not a five-year-old or whatever <laughs> right um but yeah i mean i think cujo would probably be your best option out of those four see for me i think it'd be christine cujo yeah, can go can, fast you cannot run it yeah but cujo can go into like pretty tight spaces he's a big dog but yeah. he can like fit into doors and stuff if you go into a house christine ain't getting you you know go up the stairs you're done he's just, christine's just waiting outside so um have you yeah. have you seen twister that car went right up those stairs. <laughs> yeah, widest slash strongest stairs of all time right uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah that's funny dude also just don't be a bully and christine and you're good right yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly but i think we all agree the thing is probably the one where you're the most fucked oh you're fucked dude even yeah. if you win you're fucked like mcgrady and child right freeze <laughs> to death yeah. yeah, exactly. Christine um, is one that didn't didn't get much love on the '80s list. I thought yeah, about it. Was, I thought about it too, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about it. Awesome. Uh, his next question: Do you think the Brundlefly could have been killed with a can of Raid? <laughs> the big can of Raid. <laughs> yeah, the no two hundred pound man. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a one of those fly traps you hang from the ceiling, and he couldn't resist. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the paper. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty big one, but sure. <laughs> Human-sized. Yeah. No, I, I had the perfect weapon against the Brundlefly when I was growing up, and that's my grandmother. 
man her in a fly swatter in the 80s and 90s in her cottage holy shit man she'd be like she's the nicest sweetest woman in the world i mean she's still alive but she's the nicest sweetest woman in the world but if a fly got in the house oh shit it's like the terminator <laughs> like she'd take that fucking rubber fly swatter and she would not stop until that motherfucker was dead it's like ripley get away from my pie you bitch <laughs> right so yeah how um, does he kill the fly was it like if someone had a shotgun or something yeah, yeah he, I think he, they she kills him, yeah. right? Like, cause mm-hmm. he he realizes like he's never gonna come it's back from it. So. Fucking weird. He, yeah. he he like asks her to kill him. Yeah, it's like a mercy killing. Mm. Yeah, he's he's pretty fucking like fucked by the end there. That's a, yeah. Uh, and the final question for this week: Who wins in a foot race between the three of you? I can be Chuck, <laughs> especially now that he's one knee down. Love you, mean it. I know um, used to be Todd, fast. I, I go with Todd. Yeah, I think Todd would. Would definitely. Yeah. Todd, used, Todd was in the military, so he's definitely right. had some training. Yeah, it's been a while since I was in the military. Uh, but <laughs> I, I still, <laughs> so. I still race my kids because I try to motivate them by saying they'll never beat me in anything. <laughs> so like tough love. So I'm we'll like short, race down I'm hills and late. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mondo used to be fast. I've seen him chase after uh, suspects before. So. Oh, nice. Back before he retired. All right. So thank you everyone for the questions. We could not do it without you. It was a lot of fun reminiscing about the 1980s. Oh boy, am I excited about the 70s. So it's, it's going to be a fun decade to discuss, but we got a year for that. Yes. Yeah, I feel like 70s is easier, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm telling you, the top six I have pretty much set in stone. Those other four, it's open game. Like, I'm going to start watching yeah. movies and trying to find, you know, I already yeah. have a whole list of nominees of things I need to rewatch and, how many, how many 80s movies did you end up watching, roughly? Oh, it's got to be in uh, like... Like 100? Like, no, probably more like 60. Mm. You know, a lot of them I remembered. I didn't need to revisit. Like, I didn't go through all the Nightmare on Elm Streets that were in the 80s and the Friday the 13th. You know, like, I, I've yeah. seen those enough. It was just the ones that I either hadn't seen or hadn't seen in a long time. And I'd throw in some, oh, Tubi has this movie. It's only an hour 15 or an hour 20. I'd, I'll watch it. You know, I watch a lot of... I couldn't believe how many movies I saw about people like feeding food to people where it's either human meat or <laughs> like it's a it's amazing how many of the 80s have had those uh like a lot of cannibals hell. in the 80s a lot of cannibals like i didn't realize there were so many but there's a whole genre of them it's fun it was a lot of i really enjoyed doing it and I'll, i still pop in you know movies i haven't seen stuff but it was a fun rewatch year definitely predictions yeah. predictions of the overall number one list for 70s what do you got Oh, Halloween, probably, probably number one. I yeah. think I'm thinking Exorcist. Mm. Exorcist. I think Exorcist, Exorcist can take be it. Popular Texas Chainsaw will be really popular too. Jaws could yeah. be up there. Jaws, um, yeah, Jaws would be popular. Some people might Jaws leave Jaws off their list because like Jaws is always the one I see people being like, "Oh, Jaws isn't a horror movie." Which what? I've heard, I that's one I think 100 percent is a horror movie. But I see yeah. that a lot. I see that in a lot of uh, horror groups where people say Jaws isn't a horror movie. Interesting. The alligator is a horror movie. Yeah. The Piranha. I mean, I, that, yeah, me, whatever. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Fire it up. But blood sucking no, aliens. No, not I, a horror I, movie, I, apparently. <laughs> they got acid blood. They got acid blood. There's a ton of them. They're fucking spitting everywhere. It's dark. It's in space. No. They got not, two a, not horror. Two mouths. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Jaws that yep. we see like three times yeah. in the movie. Yeah, definitely horror. <laughs> Alien will get a lot of love too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's it'll be a lower ten for me, like a seven. 
probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, yeah, if, I were, if I were to choose one, I think Halloween will get the number one. Halloween. Yeah. Okay. We'll see though. So start getting those lists ready, folks. Be prepared for next year. <laughs> let's get let's get more. Let's get even a bigger master list for next year. Sure. Next time, so I can spend four hours on the list next time. <laughs> Todd, I'm surprised you didn't pick uh, Psycho Two for your most underrated '80s. I know you love that one. Yeah, it's a good one. I didn't even think of that. There's so many to not like to forget. Right. Yeah. Have you seen Psycho Two? Such a packed year. No, I, I still haven't. I still haven't watched it. Watch, man. It's like a straight up slasher this time. I'm go. Uh, yeah, I'm go. I, I definitely will. Number three is good too, and number four is shit because yeah. McGarris directs it. And fuck him. Oh come on. Oh, okay. it's terrible. He did. He did the fly too as well. Yeah, he's done a lot of not great stuff. <laughs> a lot of. I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give him credit for the Shining though. Shining TV movie was decent. Ugh. Hocus Pocus. He wrote the screenplay yeah. that got adapted, so it's like right. he barely did much. <laughs> When's that movie come out? Hocus Pocus 2. September twenty seventh. 30th. 30th? Yeah. Cool. Sweet. And we get cover, to watch right? Hocus Pocus with Omri. That's right. That's, yes. That's be fun. And you can too. So <laughs> Yes. <Yeah. laughs> You can too. We, uh, yeah, tickets are going to be on sale for that very soon. We're waiting to uh, announce like the event on social medias and stuff until the tickets go on sale. So I think we'll give you guys, like the listeners, a heads up before the tickets go on sale. So you'll be ready before everyone else to kind of jump on it because we're expecting it to sell out. So yeah, it's going to be very cool. Awesome. So uh, next week, we're between two movies. It depends if Joe works overtime or not next week. So we're yes, either going to do Day Shift, which is a new movie over on Netflix that just released last week. And if Joe is not there, we're going to do World War Z, which Todd and I are looking forward to do because we both love the book. So you can hear our thoughts on the movie as well. So it'll be one of those two movies next week. And if uh, it is World War Z, the week after will be Day Shift when Joe comes back. Mm-hmm. And next week, we also have a, a very big interview with uh, actress Kate Bosworth. Um, I interviewed her yesterday. And honestly, it was one of my favorite interviews uh, I've done, actually. She was like so nice, so warm, so welcoming. She's like actually like a big horror fan, too. Um, so, you know, we talked about some of her like favorite horror movies. And then we uh, touched on Straw Dog, the Straw Dogs remake she was in. We touched on The Domestics uh, and uh, Before I Wake, her other horror movie. She talked a little bit about working with Mike Flanagan. And then she was on to promote her new movie, The Immaculate Room, which is a, uh, a new thriller with her and Emil Hirsch, which drops the day of this episode, I believe, August 19th, which I believe is this Friday. So check out The Immaculate Room as well. I actually, I'm going to talk about it uh, on What Watch next week, but spoiler alert, it was pretty good. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone for uh, another fun decade episode a lot of fun now i'm working on my 2022 list for uh i watched like three in the last couple days working hard on that one it's gonna be uh, this year needs to get better movies that's what i'm gonna say about it <laughs> and i still have no idea what day shift is nor who's in it nor what it's about perfect i'm assuming it's a cop movie day nope. shift Okay, well, wrong. <laughs> it's a horror don't, movie. So don't know what kind of. Don't know what kind of. If it's a creature, a slasher, or anything. So I'm just gonna yeah. put it on. Horror, and, it's like horror comedy. So I'll, we'll, comedy? we'll give you. We'll give you at least that. Okay. And we'll, okay. I, I won't. We won't tell you who's in it though. Yeah, it's and it's it's funny. I've heard it's horrible. I've heard it's amazing. So really, okay, right. it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm hearing the same about bodies, bodies, bodies too. I've heard. Yeah. I just I just learned that was a thing. And I looked yeah. and it had 
the Pete Davidson guy, right? He's in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I I think he's and, funny. So. Yeah, I want to watch Fall too. I don't know if that falls in the Fall. horror category or not. But yeah, I know cool. I saw I saw good things about it. So. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'll wait till it to be on streaming. I guess. I've yeah, seen I see people compare to the Shallows. Oddly enough. <laughs> well, yeah, they're stuck on the top of tower, right? right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. I just saw Men become available for me. What did you think about it? Quickly again, you you watched it? Yeah, um, it's good. Like overall, will it make my top ten though? Probably not. I mean, the way this year is going, it maybe would be like okay. bottom top ten. But uh, it's a weird one, man. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Can't plug it <laughs> it's in. Very, it's, it's definitely a weird one. The it, I think it's worth it just for like the end the ending like alone because it's fucking some crazy body horror and that's all i'll say all right but it's a it's an a24 movie so just be prepared nice (laughs) all right well i uh yeah that is it ladies and gentlemen for our 1980s episode thank you once again to everyone that submitted a list we really appreciate you don't forget to follow us on our social medias facebook instagram twitter and discord yeah if you want to join our discord all you gotta do is just private message us and we will send you the link to join the discord community which is uh fastly growing we got book clubs over there movie clubs a little bit of everything for you so if you're a horror fan you definitely want to join in on that fun and yeah that is it so we will see you guys next week hey bye see ya see ya Ah! Oh.